Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I am Adam. And this is episode 27 for the week of October 29th, 2017. On this week's episode, will we get stuck in cell block 99? Will we get our eyes sliced off? And what else have we been seeing at the movie theater? It's going to be a good episode. What's up, Adam? Uh, not a lot. I'm excited about this time of year, though. One, I love the fall. Yes, me and too. two, we're heading into my very favorite movie season, because this is just where November, December, you get a nice mix of blockbusters and then all the award-nominated films, like the, the heavy hitters that are going for the Academy Awards. And, and October has been a fun month anyway, because it's been like the Halloween season, so... We've got all of these horror movies and stuff we've seen and stuff that's on the TV. And it's just been kind of a cool, you know, it's kind of a throwback movie season time, you know, for us. And a lot of people keep track on Facebook. You see the people that try to do the 31 movies, the 31 horror movies in October. I don't keep track, but I may hit that anyway. <laughs> yes, you will. I just like I turn on Turner Classic Movies or AMC. They're just running horror movies all the time. Whenever I'm home, I love this month. Yeah, me too. Uh, what else has been happening? Anything exciting? Uh, we had Nightmares Film Festival this past month. It was great. Uh, we're going to do a full recap very soon. Yep. Um, we're bringing in another guest, and we'll discuss the festival and kind of give our thoughts on the features and shorts that we love. So that'll be the next couple of weeks we should have that episode up. Yeah. It, you know, it is, it's like crazy busy time of the year. It seems like, you know, my, my kids are back in school, and so life has gotten real busy with them. And then you turn around and all of these movies are just coming out left and right. And you're trying to juggle schedules and life is happening. And so we're doing our very best to do weekly episodes of the Film Coterie. But unless we start recording some weeks at midnight, <laughs> we're not going to get it done, I don't think. But I think, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to do our best to try and uh, uh, get some regular episodes out. And I pre we, we appreciate those of you who listen that give us some feedback or at least say, hey, you know, I uh, saw you at, we, we, you said that we had some people that were at Days of the Dead Louisville that came up to you and said, are you going to be at Days of the Dead Chicago? Yeah. You know, so yeah. that, that's, that's always so cool. And so if you see Adam or I out and about at a movie or whatever, or a uh, festival or something like that, man, especially where we're, we always have some kind of swag or something we're giving away or something crazy we're doing to try to, you know, connect with our fans. We would love for you to just come over and say, Hey, you know, so, and I don't know if you've noticed, we've had some amazing, um, little mini episodes have come out. So maybe if, if somebody just happens to pick this up as the first episode, Adam, talk a little bit about the last couple, three little mini episodes we've released already. So I interviewed, um, both at the festival and a little bit before the festival, some of the filmmakers that were there. And instead of putting them into an episode, I, I just released the interview itself. Right. So those are up. You can find them on our iTunes page. You can find them on SoundCloud. Um, I just thought it was better to feature the directors themselves. And in fact, we had a, I had a great conversation with James Quinn. I'll give him a specific shout out here. Yeah. We were just going to do 20 minutes and it went easy 90. I cut it down a little bit, but it was just such a fun conversation with James who only shoots on film and his, his, his films, uh, flesh of the void and law of Sodom are pretty challenging anyway but it's interesting to just to hear from the man behind them. So I, I released that full interview and I think it's definitely worth a listen if you're into that type of film. Cool. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think I, I want to jump right into some movies if that's okay. I, I mean, yeah. you know, let, let's go ahead and, and, and this week 
our feature film is Brawl in Cell Block 99. So uh, let's take a real quick break, come back, and let's see what we think about this movie. Okay, so the movie we're going to talk about this evening is Brawl in Cell Block 99, the new film by Craig Zoller. Uh, Roger and I actually saw this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we haven't been able to record since then, but we both thought that this movie deserved our full review. Uh, absolutely. So we're a little bit late on it, but you can watch it now. It, it was in theaters. It probably isn't anymore, but it is on iTunes. It is on Premium VOD. You can, you can buy this. You can rent it. Um, it's Vince Vaughn. You'll, it's got the poster of him, the back of his head with a big cross tattoo on it. Yep. So you'll know it if you see it, if you stumbled across iTunes or any of the other VODs. And so the IMDB short description of this movie simply is a former boxer turned drug runner lands in a prison battleground after a deal gets deadly. And let me just say right from the top, um, if you are a fan of Vince Vaughn, I think you will love this movie. If you were been on the fence about Vince Vaughn, I'd say check this movie out because you're going to see Vince Vaughn not like you've seen him before. Yes, I, I think this is his best role. Um, he's really good in this movie. He plays a very complicated, well, not even complicated, interesting character. Uh, Bradley. Don't you dare call him Brad. He'll correct you every time that it's oh, yeah. Bradley. Um, just an ex-con and he's so physical with the role. He's an imposing dude already. He's six foot six, I think. I mean, he's tall in real life. And another uh, a friend of mine, Jason Tosteman, said that this is the first time he's ever looked comfortable with his body size in a role because he just kind of gets to throw his weight around. Well, have we ever seen Vince Vaughn ever really portrayed in his physicality like no, this before? Never. You know, he's just been a goofball. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I'm just going to say right from the start, I really liked this movie. I just wrote a blog and uh, released it on my um, my website, faithinfilm.com, and also uh, put it on our Film Coterie website that I, I mentioned five films you probably missed at the theater that are worth tracking down and watching, and Brawl and Cell Block 99 made that list, you know. Um, <clears throat> I can't say that I was a, a huge Vince Vaughn fan because you know most of his stuff has been comedy and it's just not stuff that would be in my normal wheelhouse of movie going you know you know when you go to the movie theater and there's 20 films at the cinemaplex you kind of have to choose what you're going to watch and what you're not going to watch and he's just done a string of these terrible <clears throat> like christmas comedies yes <laughs> that well, are well he's kind of went from you know with um and the name just left me his big breakout um, well, swingers and then swingers, we and yeah. then wedding crashers. Well, yeah, swingers and then wedding crashers. So he went from like s comedy, comedy, comedy to romantic comedy to holiday romantic comedy, which is like the, <laughs> the bottom, worst. the bottom of the, <laughs> the barrel worst type of romantic comedy. <laughs> which I must say is my wife's favorite kind of comedy. Comedy is holiday romantic comedy. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but no, I, I've never seen him in this kind of a role. And um, wow, this movie definitely um, definitely 
portrays his physicality, his strength. I mean, it sits it up right in the beginning. You get a quick demonstration of how vicious and tough this guy can be, not in a over-the-top way, but just a, if a guy got really ticked off, this is what he's going to do. Well, it's in the trailer. Yeah. He beats the crap out of this car. It's like the old Street Fighter video game, the bonus <laughs> round when you got to kick right. and beat up a car and oh, tear yeah. it apart. He does it in real life. Um, so the feel of this movie, let's jump into that. Sure. This is like a gritty, grindhousey 70s uh, prison movie. Midnight special. Yeah, this, kind of, this yeah. feels like a whole new cult classic already in the yep, making. Absolutely. And you got to warn people, this, this is brutally violent. And with brutally violent, put that in all caps and put four exclamation points behind it, that this is a violent movie. Bad things happen to people in the prison once he gets there. And, and I'm going to argue it's not gratuitously violent. It's just grindhouse violent. In other words, they're going to show you, can I say it, you know, limbs snapping, heads crushing, you know. There's no weapons. It's all just barehanded and, violence. And it is, it is gruesome, uh, but it, but it's, and it may be even a little over the top, but it's not gratuitous for the character. Or the genre. Or the genre. That, 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 yeah, much better way to say it, Adam the genre um so if you don't like violent films you need to absolutely stay away from brawl and cell block 99 let me just say that up front but if you like morality tales i'm gonna say go see this film because it is a morality tale it is a it is it is a man put into an impossible situation who lives by a code and it's just a compelling story. I don't know what else to say. It. I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's a very compelling story. And the movie takes time to breathe. I think this is what's really different about it compared to some like movies. Yes. Is that what you expect this to be does not happen until the third act. Absolutely. It takes its time with the characters. He's not arrested in the first scene. You get to know him as a person outside the jail walls. Yep. And that, that makes him a better character for this because it, it does have a longer runtime. That it's just not all fistfights and violence from Act Two on. It it saves it for the end. It kind of explodes at the end, but it's in a very satisfying way. Yeah, the pace of the film is excellent. I mean, it just it gives. I, I, there's something really cool that's going on in some of these films that we've seen now, where they just don't rush things. You know, I think of Get Out and the pace of that as a horror film, building to something at the end. Um, what else have we seen this year? That's I'm thinking of one other movie we saw that I really loved the pace of it where there was a great impact at the end. But anyway, you get this same thing with Brawl and Cell Block 99. It is, it is when it comes down to, and you almost, you get, you know, he's put, Vince Vaughn is put into a place where you think, how in the world can he accomplish the task? No mortal man could do that, yet he pulls it off in a way that, you, you sit there thinking, oh, yeah, that's to be the way you do it. I don't know. <laughs> and it's such a typical tough guy movie. You know, it's a guy going through some extreme circumstances all to protect his loved one. And, you know, I don't know how it's going to play across gender lines. But interestingly enough, I saw this at Fantastic Fest. My parents were with me. And for this specific screening, my mom couldn't sit with us because the way the seats lined up. So she was away and I couldn't see her. 
And my mom's not a fan of violent movies. I'll put that out there that she she has yeah. very little tolerance. If we're watching something at home, she'll go find something else to do if she's just not into it. So I'm sitting there watching Brawl in Cell Block 99, and once it hit that third act, all I could think about is, man, wonder what's going on like eight seats away from me or whatever, because I don't know how she's going to react. This. She's probably really going to hate it. So when she came out, her review was mostly positive. She said, yeah, it was too violent. But she really liked the movie. She liked Vince Vaughn in it a lot. She had a lot of praise for it. So the violence was a slight negative for my mom, but overall, yeah, she really liked the well, story. And and I just thought of it when when while you were talking, the movie, the other movie, Wind River, uses pace and then a sudden violence at the end to to really great effect. And this movie uses pace and the threat of violence to bring tension, knowing because you just don't know. You don't know when Vince Vaughn is going. We don't. You don't know when Bradley's going to snap and take it out on somebody. You know, so there is that little bit of attention, and it's played really, really well. He does an excellent job. I think his his accent is so great. It, the pace that he, it's kind of a maybe a a southern Southern Virginia, Northern Carolina. Kind of like the, just this this pace to his words, definitely not played at all like you know, like a southern hillbilly kind of thing at all. It's not played stereotypical at all. There's this there's this trueness to his accent and his the way he carries himself and his his code that he has and you know because there's a scene where he's doing something nefarious and the police show up and. He has to choose sides, and he he goes by his code, you know, which I think is really cool. A lot of great dialogue in this movie. He's got a lot of great one-liners. Yes. He's a very funny character, and it almost takes you a minute to laugh, too. Some of the stuff he says you catch on a little bit later. Um, The other actors in this movie are uniformly good, too. There's no real (coughs) big bad. You know, that doesn't matter. It's the journey that matters in this movie. So... Um, so let's talk a little bit about the actors um, that are in this. Let me just let me just pull them up here from IMDb. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we have uh, Don Johnson plays he, the warden. The warden. What did you think about him? Uh, he is fun with the role. He's chewing the scenery a bit. Um, he's not an imposing guy, so for him to kind of claim dominance over someone as big as Vince Vaughn in this film, he has to be brutal in a different way. It has to be sinister. Yeah. And he does it. He he certainly comes across as menacing. But it's just funny to see the size difference between these two guys. Well, well it's funny because if if Don Johnson doesn't have his police officer henchmen, then he's not imposing at all. But but the force he that he carries behind his words being a warden, he knows he can just mess you over. And there's not a thing anybody's going to do about it, you know. So he does carry that sinister, evil kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm the guy to take care of the bad guys because I know how to be really bad kind of character. Um, I thought that was th- that was really good. Uh, what about what about Jennifer Carpenter, his wife? She's playing a mostly thankless role here. She's the, for lack of a better word, she's the damsel in the stress in the right. story. But she's an interesting character. They give her some more scenes to work with, especially in the opening, that you understand her. And she's not at all what she seems. She does have a strength to her, which is good. Yep. I but, would agree. Um, 
you know, she's not the focus of the story. So what she does with the role is good. It's just the role doesn't give her much to do. But if you don't know Jennifer Carpenter, she was Dexter's sister on the show Dexter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. Absolutely. So um, what any other any other standout performance? I mean, it's really kind of a one act movie, yeah. you know, I mean, a one actor movie. It's it's Vince Vaughn's movie, you know. Udo Kier shows up. He just plays the strange European that he plays in every movie, but he's always Everyone. fun. Oh, yeah. He's fun on screen. Yep. Absolutely. That accent makes him more menacing somehow. Yep. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about Craig Zoller, the director. Have you seen Bone Tomahawk? You know, okay. Confession time. Bone Tomahawk. I own Bone Tomahawk on, I think, DVD, maybe Blu ray, and it has sat on my shelf. For like how many years I've never watched it. Okay. So let me, I'm not a huge fan of Bone Tomahawk. That's what made me a little cold at first towards Cell Block 99. I wasn't super jazzed to see it. Right. Cell Block's a much better film. Bone Tomahawk is a mashup of genres. It's a Western meets The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. So it's kind of the searchers meets these, you know, there's these creatures, mutants, or, or just strange creatures out in the hills that are somewhat Native American, something else. And there's, it's all like a rescue mission and then horrific violence. Again, he comes in strong with the third act. Anyone that has seen Bone Tomahawk will tell you about the wishbone scene. I won't spoil it any further than that. Okay. But that's just Craig showing you that he's willing he's willing to show you some violence you may not have seen before. So I think Cell Block 99 is definitely a step forward for him as a filmmaker. It's a much better film overall than Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Well, I was really impressed with this, and I'll probably now go back and watch Bone Tomahawk, and um, uh, and then he has an, an an upcoming release called Dragged Across the Concrete. Yeah, we just looked this up tonight because I was curious what he was working on next. So right in the pipeline, he's got a movie with Vince Vaughn again, partnered up with Mel Gibson as sort of a dark comedy, not comedy, dark cop drama about these cops that get exposed by a video of what they did to a suspect. And then they go out to get their revenge, and they discover a whole criminal underworld or something. So I, it'll be interesting to see Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn again in a Craig Zoller film. Yep, absolutely. Well, final thoughts, Adam. Uh, would you recommend this film if you were, you know, what what are your recommendations on this film to the to the film goer? I'd absolutely recommend the movie. I, I would just give the warning about its violence. That you know, if you can expect that you're going to see some brutality at the end, it's it's fine. Um, I don't. Do you need a strong stomach for this violence? Was this any worse to you than, I don't even know, and it's not torture porn, but you know, like graphic violence. Right. Uh, well, Where do you rate it? Well, uh, you know, an interesting observation. Uh, we were at the Gateway, and we saw it in the tiny little theater in the back with like 20 seats. Magic House 8. Yeah, Magic House number 8. So imagine a theater with 20 seats, and they're all the size of leather recliners they're large leather recliner seats not even i mean it's really in vogue now to, to these big megaplexes to have um seats that recline and are and are pleather or whatever vinyl these are actually kind of nice wide leather recliners kind of deal and so we're in this little theater and so this it's sold out of course just 20 seats and so you're sitting right beside this girl and her her boyfriend that were there and when the first, I saw the first real brutal shot coming and because of the nature of where it was and because of injuries I've had in the past, I kind of turned my head and looked away. So I'm looking right at the girl and she went, oh, you know, and she grabs, closes her eyes and she goes, oh, it's this kind of movie. And so it, like it dawned on her, oh, this is going to be brutally violent, you know? And I think the guy said, 
I heard him say something to the effect of, oh, yeah, this is a grindhouse film, you know, kind of a deal. So, yeah, it's pretty brutal. I mean, you know, it's not your run-of-the-mill violence. Even at Fantastic Fest, that's a hardcore crowd. Like, they've seen stuff. And there are a lot of oohs and ahs from the crowd with the violence. It was Everyone was having fun with it. You know, everyone kind of reacts and then laughs. It is that type of violence. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, but I'm with you, Adam. I, you know, so is it over the top? Maybe a little bit. But I, I would, hi, I would definitely recommend this movie. And but I would give it the caveat: you have to know that there's brutal violence, <clears throat> not gratuitous, brutal violence in this film. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine. When we come back, and a special little treat. We're going to review, how would we even describe this, Adam? It's a road show for a secret television show. Yeah, a road show for a secret television show. You're listening to The Film Coterie. We'll be right back after the music. All right, and welcome back. And uh, we have kind of a special treat for you in this episode. I-, I got to go to the theater and see, have an experience of something I've never done before at the movie theater. This happens a lot with us. I mean, it's, it's kind of my <laughs> thing where I'm like, you need to come with me on Tuesday night and see something weird. And most people come with me. I'm, I'm grateful that they'll join yep. me for the weird experiences. So it started as any other Tuesday. I, I probably got a hold of you. said, hey, there's something cool. You need to just come see it. Yeah. I don't know if I even explained this one to you. No, all you said was something like this guy made a bu- put a bunch of shorts together and we're going to get to see them tonight or something. That's all I knew going in. So okay. so explain to, and we're of course talking about the eye slicer, not ice slicer. The eye is an eyeball slicer, the eye the eye slicer. Yes, the eye slicer. <clears throat> the eye slicer. And uh there ended up being I don't know five six of us there. Yeah. Yeah, four or five of us there. And um, I had a blast. It was so much fun. We laughed and enjoyed it. And so explain to our listening audience, what is the concept behind the Ice Slicer? It is not available yet uh, as of the date we're recording this. I believe the launch date online is November 8th. Uh, But what the Ice Slicer is, is a television series, a secret television series that's going to spread in a viral fashion. My understanding is that a password will come out. You can watch it. You can share it with your friends. And more and more people will get access to it. There's going to be 10 episodes. And what it is is sort of an anthology collection of short films built around a theme in an episode. So what the first episode we saw was about high school. Right. And another one was about love and relationships. Yeah. So he's collected shorts from all over the world. I believe there's 50 shorts over the course of the first season. Combined it with some animation, other weird little interstitials and, and wraparounds and created sort of a surreal late-night experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great, I think that's a great description. And, it, it, and, again, we keep finding ourselves doing these kind of, you know, midnight special, grindhousey, weird, but yet fun and campy kind of experience. And, and that was Ice Slicer. I mean, it was shorts produced by people who are not, you know, don't know each other, and he just kind of put them together and uh, – uh, it was, I, I don't know how to explain the experience. I laughed. I thought it was funny. It was gross and funny. 
it was just funny, um, you know, and serious a couple times, but kind of, you know, campy. It had commercials that were funny that, you know, kind of in that Saturday Night Live, not like Saturday Night Live, but you know how they'll do a skit and then you think you're going to a commercial, but it's actually another skit extended from the Saturday Night Live scene. Ice Slicer did something very similar. It had a running theme of commercials um, that were pretty funny, you know, and, and, and interconnected throughout the episode. So what I liked about it the most, uh, and we only saw the two episodes, is um, I'm a night owl. I always have TV on. I'm usually working on something late. You know, it's just kind of on in the background. And TV used to be weird at night. It's not weird anymore. They don't even try because everyone's streaming now. There's no late night horror host. There's just nothing you can tune into yep. that you get a weird curated. Where's ex- no more Fritz the night owl. You don't get a curated experience anymore right. at midnight. And I kind of <clears throat> miss that. Where this show would be incredible to me if it was just a midnight show that you could turn on because it it jumps around in such a, a late night fashion. Because we went from kind of a gross out sex comedy to an interesting documentary short about a prom. Right. In the South. That was yeah. visually striking. And then to a heartbreaking tale of divorce. Yep. Back to a comedy. Yep. To a documentary about uh, a culture in the South Pacific that marries, the men have to build boats and the women have to do, you know, it's an interesting true to life yeah. documentary. So Absolutely. The content's jumping all over the place, but it's all interesting. And, um, and I have to say, I, I was not, I, I was not sure how I would, would react to this, but, in the second episode, we got Smell-O-Vision. Yes. And, well, they promised, the way it was advertised, <laughs> they promised us we would get cookies and an episode in Smell-O-Vision. They delivered on both. They passed yes. out uh, Oreos yep. and... Oh, yeah. We got cookies. Chips Ahoy. And it was a very, very weird experience going and seeing a scene where, you know, all of a sudden the guy runs up and sprays something in your general area. And this is Dan Schoenbrunn, one of the creators, yes. was was with the roadshow. And he show. was so fun and so cool. It wasn't like imposing bad weird. But, you know, I'm sitting in the aisle, so I just happened to catch the brunt of a lot of this. But he'd run up and squirt something. And then all of a sudden you would see a skunk on the screen. And guess what you smelled? Skunk. skunk, you know, and uh, so that was a lot of fun, you know, campy, and we laughed about he, it. Poor Roger, he had a fan up front. We were in the third row. <laughs> he would have put these oils in a fan, and he, it would take a minute, two minutes, he would get the whiff. Yes, but he'd run up both sides of the aisles. This is Dan with the oil too, and he'd get <laughs> Roger pretty good. But you'd smell a skunk. There's a scene in an alleyway that smelled like uh, onions and trash. Yep, earthy smells, perfumes. Yep. And I even got the room of pizza once, and I'm not sure what that was about. Some kind of Italian garlic, something was cooking, baking, something. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, you know. Yeah, so the smell of vision was just a gimmick, make it a little fun. I'm glad they did that. Oh, yeah. Um, the people were really nice. Um, I ended up buying the first season from them. They had them on uh, flash drives. Yep. So you can get all 10 episodes in one spot. Um, but when this comes out, I'm going to promote it. Um, we're not hired or anything. I, I just want to share it. So if I get a password or whatever, I'll, I'll put it on the Film, film Coterie's page. We'll give it out to you. We'd love to know your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. I've watched another three of the episodes. I've seen five total now. And I, I really like it. I, I love short films anyway, but to see them curated in this kind of fun way of just mixing, having a theme, but going from such divergent topics as like a horror comedy well, yeah, and to like, a documentary yes. to deadly serious drama. Yeah. And like one of the shorts was literally... A dude went into his, I think he went into his house VHS recordings, the old camcorded recordings, 
and he pulled the sound out of them and cut them all together, and it was just like that rolled with music on it. And you're like, oh, okay. I kind of got it, you know, but I was like, oh, interesting, you know. And then one of them <clears throat> was he just kept showing, like, buildings and effects and stuff, and I was like, I just about dozed off and went to sleep on that one. And then just as I was about to go to sleep, it cut to another one, and, you know, we moved on, and I think it went to the uh, – uh, the guys building the hut, the, building the boats or something, you know. But I, I really enjoyed the Ice Slicer. And like I said, let, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll promo it when it comes out. And a special shout-out to My <laughs> Chocolate Heart. It's a short about a teenager whose parents oh, turn yes. into cats. And I'll leave it at that. It's it's only about five minutes long, but it's really fun. It was the best, best episode, I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll share what else we've been watching. You're listening to The Film Coterie. and welcome back and uh i thought we'd just take a minute adam and talk a little bit about some other movies that we've seen that we just don't really have time to give full coverage on the show but let's just give a shout out i have a couple and i think you do as well uh what's your first movie that you want to give a shout out as far as what else uh tragedy girls this film fest this film uh played south by southwest toronto after dark and a few other fe- film festivals here recently. It's now out in theaters. Okay. Um, it may or may not be in your town. If it is, you need to check it out. It's a, and this is a hard one. To, I don't want to put it up against Heather's because, you know, Heather's is such a cult classic. People walk out, they're like, oh, that wasn't like Heather's. It's sort of like Heather's. It's in that vein, but in the social media age. Oh, interesting. So it's two girls in high school, very dark, very twisted. Um, maybe they're murdering people. And it's just kind of, it, it plays with social media because you'll have to see the movie. I don't want to spoil anything. It's a lot of fun. The leads are great. I believe it's the first feature from uh, Tyler McIntyre, the director. And I can't recommend it enough. I had a lot of fun. It's fun and dark. Okay. It goes to some very bad places, but you're laughing the whole time. And <laughs> okay. the, the two leads are great. So I highly recommend Tragedy Girls. It should be on VOD soon. Awesome. Well, I have two films I want to recommend. Well, I, I won't say I want to recommend. I have two films I want to talk about. And I, I wasn't over the moon with both of them. Um, but the first one that I saw was Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. And I, I went into this because I didn't know. I'd heard, I knew Professor Marston, what he was about as far as um, his uh, disc theory and psychology and, and this and that. And so that theory has gotten in the psychology world has gotten, um, you know, he, he basically puts it down into two polar sides. There's dominant and submissive, and then there's good dominant, bad dominant, good submissive, bad submissive. And that's his whole disc theory in a 30 second nutshell that I spent four years in college to learn psychology about. Right. But anyway, (laughs) beside the point. So I knew about this guy anyway, but I didn't really, I didn't know he was the creator of wonder woman. Yeah, that's and that, the surprise. That's what, that was the surprise, you know. And it's it's very obvious from the trailers, you know right away that he creates Wonder Woman. But the surprise is the journey. He takes this kind of avant-garde alternative lifestyle where he brings in these he marries this woman, he's lecturing at a lo- at at a women's college near Harvard and he 
basically he and his wife seduce one of their students to come on board and participate and they live in this long-term threesome where he's the father of both of their children and and the, the student that they bring in and his wife both have characteristics that cr will eventually create the character Wonder Woman. And he basically kind of fails as a psychology teacher, professor, but has great success, yet faces challenges with some of the imagery and stuff with, with, with the movie Wonder Woman, or with the comic book Wonder Woman. Because when it first initially was released, about every page had woman, Wonder Woman in some kind of bonded submission. She's tied up. You know, that kind of thing. And she's got to break free and save herself and that kind of stuff. And so uh, so the movie itself, I, 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 I just was not a big fan of the movie. Um, with this kind of subject material, and then there's even debate on how much of it is actually true and how much liberty they took, you know, because there's never actually ever been any declaration that a lot of the stuff in, that wasn't implied just showed in this movie actually happened or did not happen. Um, so I don't want to get into all that, but let me just say this with this kind of movie, you can't go just part of the way. If you're going to go out there weird and dark and you know, you just got to go for it and it didn't go for it. You know, it tried to, and this is a terrible term. It almost Disney fied the movie, you know, gave really? soft lighting, pretty lighting in a bondage scene kind of, a it was very unsettling and weird and, like it couldn't get an identity for me and I'm going against the critics. It's, it's pretty decently rated on rotten tomatoes, like maybe 80%, 77%, something like that. I wouldn't rate it nearly that high. It'd be below 50 for me for certain. Um, and you know, I think they selectively left some information out, you know, as far as the story, you know, you know, they make a big deal how, you know, Marsden is, and, and, and uh, the comic book producer is under all this stress from this Catholic Women's League Association, fictitious, not real, of course, just created for the movie. This women's Catholic family values, you know, group is coming against him specifically because of all the bondage scenes and torture scenes of Wonder Woman in the comic book. And yeah, that's absolutely true. But what they failed to actually mention is that 90% of the comic books being produced in this time during the 40s featured bondage and people tied up and torture scenes. And that's just what everybody did in comic books, you know. Uh, you know. So, um, so, yeah, a little bit of pandering maybe to playing with the truth to try to make a sensualized, what am I trying to say, a sensational type movie that just didn't hit for me. So, so that's Wonder Woman. Check it out if you're, if you're interested in the origin or their version of the origin of how she got to be created. Um, and maybe I'm just a little bit tainted because I'm so high on Wonder Woman right now <laughs> yeah. because of the movie. I could be biased a little bit, you know? So let me jump into my next one. This is the perfect lead-in. Bondage to bondage. <laughs> um, I saw Gerald's Game, uh, Netflix original. Uh, which I want to see. It looks so good. Based on a Stephen King story, and it involves a woman stuck in a bed. Um, some light bondage play has led to be her being trapped. Uh, things go bad, and it's just her alone, and she's handcuffed to this bed, and she can't escape. Things are getting worse. There's a hungry dog that keeps coming in the house, and to take some of the, the work off the actress, and it was I'm sure it's in the book, 
her mind is playing games on her and there's people coming to talk to her another version of herself her husband there's all these people that are her you know <clears throat> coming up with oh, ideas yeah. Yeah. interacting with her her own devils whatever they are yeah they're interacting so she has other people to talk to so that's the horror of it is dying alone in this bad spot how what is she willing to do to get out of it yep. very tense movie um well acted um and it, i think it's worth checking out on netflix i don't want to give much more away um but it's fun yeah, absolutely and, and it's on my list to want to see um i feel I, you know just watching the trailer i felt sad i felt sorry for the woman that plays the lead actress because i can't imagine shooting that film she has to be in a nighty tied to a bed for how many days as they shot oh, days this. on end <laughs> I mean, and her arms are stuck uh, out you know you're gonna lose blood flow because that would be a she's horrible in almost a crucifix position yes, as an actress that would be a horrible experience to go through but i bet a very entertaining movie so um she my, suffered for her art there you go my my second film that i wanted to talk about is a um kind of a biopic historical drama historical comedy i don't know it's called victorian abdul and it's the um, supposed true story of uh, Queen Victoria as in the later years of her life, as they turned over from the 1800s into the 1900s, um, these, these two um, uh, Indian, these two, 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 two gentlemen from India were picked to bring a coin, a commemorative coin, because during that time, England, uh, she was the empress of, of India. You know, th th they were British colony kind of a deal. India, the whole nation of India, strange as that sounds in our minds today, but India was under the rule of Great Britain. And so these two young, uh, uh, these two young Indian men, they bring this coin, and she becomes kind of smitten with, you know, the one young guy who kind of not flirts with her, but, but just kind of smiles and, you know, and they end up having this connection where she makes him her footman and this and that. And so the quick and dirty on this film, let me just say this, I, you know, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I found myself smiling all the time, uh, laughing and chuckling. Um, when we first meet Queen Victoria, it, it's the most stereotypical three act, straightforward, no surprises. If I had to tell you, if I had to predict, if we were back in our original film coterie days and Matt was here, I would say without a reservation, Matt would hate this film. You would not like it, but be willing to sit through it and watch it, you know. And I and I, I enjoyed it. Cause, and then my wife would love this film. This is like right in her wheelhouse. And so when we first meet Queen Victoria, you know, she's just about ready to die and he brings her back to life and shows her there's still joy and meaning in life and then you know and that kind of thing and so it's kind of their relationship the last 20 years of her life kind of deal and uh kind of what's going on at the time and they kind of play into that class clash of clan clash of class you know kind of a deal where it's like this indian is a commoner and he's a foreigner and he's a He's, you know, a, a, a brute and all this stuff. And why is this, why is this savage here among us great Brits who are royalty and we are upper class? And so it kind of was a little bit, I don't know, stereotypical a little bit, but not like overtly. And it had some fun laughs. So I, 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 I smiled most of the movie, chuckled a few times and thought, okay, you know, this is a, one of those two and a half, three stars out of five kind of movies that my wife would just love, you know, kind of a deal. 
But it, hey, it was a Wednesday night. I had to drop the kids off. Had two hours to kill, and it was the only thing starting right then. So I went and saw. And you it. didn't want to see Jigsaw. No, I did not. <laughs> so that's Victorian Abdul. Uh, if you're into kind of those, I will say this: Judy Dench and the Dench and the young man that played um, Abdul. There was a real connection, real chemistry between the two of them that was not forced. Uh, and of course, her acting was just superb, excellent. Um, she's never been bad. No, and and she's in a bad movie, yet she's acting great. So that's kind of what brought that movie up a little bit for me. But uh, yeah, Victorian Abdul. And then, so, uh, and of course, it's getting killed on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's in the 40s or something, you know. But uh, I, I find, I've rated higher. So I found myself flipped. <clears throat> Professor Marston, I was not very high on in Rotten Tomatoes liked it, yay, and um, Victorian Abdul I kind of liked, and Rotten Tomatoes didn't. So usually I'm kind of, I usually kind of flow with them, but nah, not this time. Uh, but that's my two that I saw, so I guess that's kind of our, some other things you can check out if you're looking for something to see at the theater. Yep, I, I think you recommended three of those. So we recommend Tragedy Girls, Gerald's Game, and Victorian Abdul. Yes. And maybe a pass on... Professor Marston. It just wasn't. Maybe I'm just so in love with the current Wonder Woman. I couldn't think to see her portrayed any other way. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, <clears throat> we're going to come back with our last segment, Coming Attractions, and we've got some surprising things coming and some secret announcements. So stick around. You're listening to The Film Coterie. <laughs> All right, and we're back, and uh, last segment is coming attractions. And so, Adam, what's on our November slate? What can our podcast listeners be looking forward to us going to see in the month of November? There's going to be a lot. So just general releases. We're going to have an episode for Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Justice League, Murder on the Orient Express, and then probably three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So two of those four I'm looking forward to seeing. Only two? Only two. I know Justice League is off your radar, but you're not looking forward to three billboards? Not really, no. <sighs> man, in Bruges, man. In Bruges. I know. Trust Martin McDonough. Oh, okay. We'll see. <clears throat> I'll just say this. I was really put off by the trailer, but that's just me. So, anyway. But I am looking very much forward to Thor Ragnarok. And apparently Murder on the Orient Express. And Murder on the Orient Express coming to the gateway in 70 millimeter, baby. Cannot wait. <clears throat> we're also going to have a ton of special episodes. I mean, yes, we're, we're, a bunch. We, we spent today lining up the content. We're going to have a full recap of Nightmares Film Festival Yep, with a special guest. We are going to have a very special episode on the documentary Haunters, Art of the Scare. We have the director that's going to call in and fill us in on what happened after the movie. Wow. If you have seen Haunters, you know that the controversial figure of Russ McCamey from McCamey Manor, he's the one that creeped everyone out. He's now moved. He's operating in different uh, states. There's been a lot that's happened, so he's going to bring us up to speed and give us a new ending to the film. Uh-oh, that is awesome, dude. I can't wait for that interview. And we're going to ask him questions about 
why he made certain choices and yep. what his thought process was in creating this documentary. What a great opportunity to uh, get to have a conversation with the director. That's going to be cool. And then, of course, Halloween is Tuesday night, the 31st. And don't be surprised if there's a special secret film coterie Halloween edition episode released that night. Just kind of keep your eyes on social media, Facebook and Twitter and different things to see if uh, maybe a little mini episode is released that night. So, um, yeah. And then, oh, I almost forgot. We may have some guest co-hosts coming in November as well. So Fresh blood. Some fresh blood for the podcast. So just stick around. A lot of exciting things happening in November. So anything else, Adam? Uh, now that we're back on a regular schedule, we're going to resume the Monster Mash. We put it on pause because we didn't want people voting and then not have results. So I'm starting it up again now that we're going to be recording these next couple of weeks. So look for announcements soon about the results from the last round. Awesome. And when you can vote in the next round. Sounds great. All right, you've been listening to the Film Coterie. If the folks out there in the interwebs want to find us, Adam, how do they get a hold of us? Uh, the best spot's on Facebook. If you just search Film Coterie on Facebook, we're right there. Join us, follow us, comment at us. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at Film Coterie. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a great week. Enjoy this last weekend in October. Get out and see something scary. Let us know what you thought of it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on another episode of The Film Coterie.